Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. So last week we talked about physical decluttering and how that could have a huge impact in your life. Even if you're decluttering a purse or a drawer, it can have a big impact in how you see yourself, how you feel ownership in your life and how willing you are to take steps in a new direction and sort of declutter an area of your life that's been driving you crazy. So today it's emotional decluttering. So think about this for a minute. You know how you drive yourself crazy sometimes? I know patients will use the expression, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. So when it comes to you, you gotta get really honest. So what is standing in the way of your happiness? I mean, the secret is you are. I'm standing in the way of my happiness. And when I say you, I mean your thoughts and your emotions. We would love to blame other people because that takes the ownership off of us. Um, But if we can get out of our own way, then we're going to empower ourselves to move forward. And you're probably thinking, But Hope, I really am anxious. It really does immobilize me. Or like, I really am scared to talk to HR or my boss about making changes. So if fear is standing in my way and you're saying it's my fault, like how do I get rid of it, right? So it's not that it's your fault. It's that all of this is going on inside your head. And you can't just flip a switch and stop thinking thoughts just because they're not helpful. I've used the analogy before of like deep ruts. So like deep ruts in your brain and you're trying to drive a car and your wheels are stuck in these ruts. And it is going to take a major wrenching of the wheel or somebody attaching a chain and pulling you in a new direction, it's going to take a lot of work to get you out of those ruts. They have been there for years, probably since elementary school or maybe even before. So do you remember last week's episode? If you didn't listen, go back and listen. When we talked about physical decluttering, we started with a really small space that was cluttered like a drawer. We noticed how it made us feel when we were in that space. 
And then we noticed the opposite, like an area of your house or car or whatever, where you feel really good. It feels clean and open, maybe free. And I asked you to notice how that made you feel. And then we took turtle steps to transform the messy space so it would feel more like the clean space. That's what we're going to do with your emotions. So our emotions arise from whatever thoughts are in our heads. So what we're really doing here is a thought audit. Thought audit. Is that right? Did I say that right? It sounds weird. Audit. And then we're going to declutter those unhelpful thoughts that create feelings in our body. Okay, let's get really practical here. I'll give you an example. So I was talking to a PA, this has been a couple of years ago, about money and about how much she was paid. And she had recently talked to some other PAs and they, she came across some data and it was basically she was getting paid a lot less than them. So she was fired up. I mean, she was angry. She was hurt. She was sad. And at one point she even shouted, I am getting screwed. So imagine, okay, this was the thought, I am getting screwed. Imagine how she felt in her body. So that thought created feelings inside her body. I mean, based on her facial expression, her body language, I'm guessing that she was tense and her body was pumping out stress hormones, like maybe adrenaline was surging. And then whatever's going on in our body determines our actions. So you know how you, um, you touch a stove and you feel pain, so you jerk your arm away. I mean, that action was determined by your feeling, by pain. So I have some ways that you can do this. You almost have to trick your brain because your brain is going to be like, this is true. I am anxious. I am, you know, I am terrified, I, you know, and it won't notice that it's not the truth unless we can kind of um, trick it with some psychology. Okay, so one way is the body snatcher. So... Imagine that you were able to unzip your skin, just step out of your body and trade with a stranger. Like we used to do this with clothes when I was in high school or college, like we would swap clothes and share. And I was short and a little bit curvy. And I remember my tall, skinny friend, Jennifer, she had the best clothes. And when she would, she was my college roommate. And sometimes when she was gone, my other friend Becky and I would try on her clothes and we would get so tickled because we did not have her wonderful thin body. We looked funny and it was pretty obvious that these clothes were not meant for us, but it did allow me to sort of catch a glimpse into what it must be like to be her, to be tall and thin. So what if somebody could put on your body? What would they see inside as far as your emotions? And this, this is a good one to do because we are so used to ourselves that we can't step aside and look. I think with the physical decluttering, I asked you to pretend like, you know, you're going to put your house up on Airbnb. And all of a sudden, when you walk through your house, you see it through somebody else's eyes and you're like, oh, that does look a little janky or that does look um, messy. So if somebody else were 
body snatching your body and they were inside, what would they see? Would they see years of hurt and shame? Would they see crippling fear? Like what is hiding there that has been there for so long? And then number two is to look under the hood. So you really have to be an emotion detective. So when people have big emotions, I will sometimes ask, is that a familiar feeling from your past? And a lot of times it is, you know, they, you may have always like had this thought that you were not good enough or that you should have done things differently. You made it, you're always making a mistake. You're just a screw up. So a question you can ask yourself is, is this familiar from your past? Number three, what is this emotion trying to tell you? And this helps if you can sort of personify the emotion. If you have a, a good imagination, I want you to picture the emotion as if it's a creature or a cartoon or even a person. And you can name your emotions like uh, fearful Franny or negative Nellie or jealous Jenny. And you ask the emotion, like picture that they are standing in front of you and you're like, what is it that you're trying to tell me? What are you worried about? And this is called curiosity. And by becoming curious about the emotion, it lessens the power of that emotion. And it also allows it not to have, um, yeah, it lessens the power of it and it allows you to have a little space between you and that emotion. Okay, number four, I want you to name the emotion and then what could be behind it. So I'll explain. Here are the most common emotions that I see. I just jotted these down. Um, not me personally, although I do have a lot of these. Resentment, anxiety, negativity, jealousy, fear, and self-criticism. So if any of these are familiar to you, listen up. Now, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not that everybody who is resentful um, is ignoring their own needs, but that is a common one. So you sort of look behind it or look under the hood, as I said. So if you are feeling full of resentment and that is really affecting your life, then it could be that you're ignoring your own needs. So just ask yourself if that rings true just a little bit. If anxiety is your main issue, it's really a control thing. You know, it's like, I think I'm in control. And surprise, we're not. If negativity, if you are just negative, 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 <laughs> it could be, not always, it could be that you think you don't deserve good things. Or it could be that you think by seeing the world negatively, you are saving yourself from heartache. Like you, you already think bad things are going to happen. You already expect the worst. So, you know, you're not, you're going to be less hurt. If jealousy is your thing, if that's a predominant emotion, it could be that your body is trying to tell you, you need more of something, whatever it is you're jealous of. Um, I had a friend, not a friend, it was a client who kept talking about one of her friends and she would say, I just want her life. I just want her life. And so I would ask her, tell me more. What is it about her life? You know, and it turns out it was not her house or her job or her husband. 
finally, my client blurted out, I just want to be at Target on a random Wednesday. I don't want to be chained to my schedule. And that was it. That was what the jealousy had been trying to tell her, that she needed more flexibility. She needed more freedom. If fear is driving the bus, so to speak, a part of you is worried you won't be safe. I mean, the fear is trying to keep you safe. Um, Self-criticism. This reminds me of Dolly Parton. I heard an interview with her and somebody asked her, you know, why about her self-deprecating humor? Why are you always like bringing up your plastic surgery, your boob job? And she said, well, I guess it's from, you know, a long time ago. I realized that if I beat people to the punchline, then it won't hurt as badly. And if I make a joke about it, then there's no need for them to even bring it up and tease me about it. So I think part of us thinks that if we criticize ourselves badly enough and loudly enough, this is also a way of playing it safe because you're going to play it small. If you think you're a piece of crap, you're not going to allow yourself to take chances. Um, all right, next number. What would compassion look like? What would, if you were very compassionate, if you had this radical self-compassion, what would that look like? Because we are so hard on ourselves. Um, if you can't imagine self-compassion, I want you to think about that show. Do you remember Blossom? It was a show when I was a kid. And I remember one of the episodes, I think Blossom didn't have a mom. And so she had this daydream and she visualized Mrs. Huxtable from the Cosby show as her mother. And she was like hugging her. It may have even been when Blossom started her period. But anyway, so Mrs. Huxtable was the perfect image of, of compassion for Blossom. And so if you can't have compassion for yourself and your big emotions, like create this sort of imaginary character, like a grandmother who's hugging you and just like, sweetheart, tell me about it. Um, number four, or ne not number four, I don't know what number we're on. Ask yourself what it's costing you to remain entangled in these emotions. Like, what is it costing you in terms of your relationships, your career? How would decluttering that emotion have the potential to change the trajectory of your life? Next number, how would you feel without that emotion? And this may be hard to even imagine. So if you have always been an anxious person, like how, how would your body feel? What would your life look like? Um, there's a condition, I think it's called cyclic vomiting, something, something. Anyway, it's where like you get so anxious, you're throwing up like on a very regular basis. And I'll, oftentimes these people will have lots of um, doctor's appointments. You know, they'll, they're convinced something's terribly wrong, but it's really anxiety. Um, I had a friend who used to faint. Whenever she'd get scared, she would just faint. And that was her body's way of dealing with that emotion. So ask yourself, without that emotion, how might my body feel differently? All right, next number. What do you need to do to work on those emotions? Because really, a coach or a therapist can't do this for you. Like you have to decide, is, am I worth it? 
Is my life worth it? And what is the tiniest little step? We call them turtle steps. What is the littlest step you could take to move in the direction of lessening the power of that emotion? So the easiest thing that I have found is noticing. So we do not even listen to that voice that is constantly chattering in our heads. So if you can start catching it, like what is that voice saying? Brene Brown says to say, the voice in my head is saying, you know, whatever. Um, so if you can notice, if you can write it down even better, some of you journal, some of you are anti-journaling, but if you're a journal journaler, you really should start jotting down what those thoughts are because you can't argue with what's on paper. And when you see it, you're like, whoa, I am really a B-I-T-C-H to myself or whatever. Um, okay. Your step could be seeing a therapist. Or not even seeing a therapist. What if you just, like your turtle step was to call Blue Cross, ask who's in network, and then maybe the next time you do a turtle step, it's to actually call the office or look on their website or something like that. Um, maybe medicine. I mean, if you are really immobilized by depression and it's keeping you stuck, then, you know, what would your life look like if you treated that depression? Um, it's not a sign of weakness, you know. So I had a personal story I wanted to share. Um, distraction was, distraction and anxiety were keeping me pretty stuck. They were affecting me. So when I look at, like, what is the cost? It was costing me in terms of relationships, especially with my husband, because I am not always a great listener. I can be very distracted and he can be going on and on about something that really matters to him. And I am up here planning a podcast episode in my head. Or I could be talking to a friend and she's sharing her heart out. And instead, I'm doing my grocery list. So, uh, you know, I asked myself, like, what is it costing me? Um, what do I feel in my body? Oh, my gosh, lots of anxiety and, like, jitters and jumpiness, like jumping from one thing to another. I call it ping pong brain. And so a turtle step for me was, like, maybe I should, like, research ADHD. Like, could I have that? And check out a book from the library and look look up stuff on medical websites and make an appointment with somebody and take a test. And so these are the turtle steps I did take. And I do have medicine that I can take um, if I need it. But there are also other steps. So I'm not saying if you have big emotions, you need to medicate yourself. Um, exercise like that for me, that's a huge thing that helps with anxiety and with distraction. 30 minutes of getting my heart rate up and I am like flip to switch, I'm on. Um, meditating, like just sitting there and noticing those thoughts. So you don't necessarily need medicine, but that that could be something. And again, this web, this podcast is not um, to be taken as medical advice. You still need to see your healthcare provider. But anyway, I wanted to share those as far as emotional decluttering, um, because really, this is what almost every client I see has to deal with. They are letting emotions keep them stuck because they don't, they A, don't realize the emotions are doing that. 
They don't see the thoughts behind it and they don't know what to do. I mean, even once they admit it or they identify it, they're like, well, great. Now what do I do? So hopefully these are some concrete steps to get you started. And I will see y'all next week. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.